Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSL. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit App Chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in. Our number two of the program here on Thursday morning. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. Morning, Tim. How's it going? Good, good. Um, hey, who pays for those fireworks? Uh, in the case of New Bedford, they get sponsors to pay for them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they... Um, I mean, that, that, that seemed like that was just a big waste of money last night. I mean, I, I went and I seen it from Fairhaven, and you couldn't see nothing. I mean, you the, some of the low, lower fireworks they were shooting off, you could see them, a little bit of them, the bottom half of them, but other than that, 95% of those fireworks, you couldn't see nothing. And I, and I, and I know I was um, listening to a guy that was sitting next to me. He said he talked to his buddy in New Bedford who was on Union Street. And he said the, views, the view sucked from Union Street. Yeah, oh, I, I, I think you're just stuck in a position at that point in time where, you know, you've already, you've already moved it to your rain date. So you, you've got to go with what's, what's there. Yeah, you know, they're already yeah. bought and paid for. The company's already here. Yeah, yeah I get it. I, um, it used to be a different story. I mean, I remember when I was younger, I knew somebody because I lived in Plymouth when I was in elementary school, and I knew somebody that worked for the town in Plymouth that set them off on the barge. So I think you know, back in those days, they had you know somebody doing it. I, I'm sure insurance and all that kind of stuff now won't won't permit that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know they still set it off on the barge, but I don't know if they have like a third party that comes in or something. That yeah, it's a, I thought the city. I thought I thought they actually. I thought the city used to do it themselves. I think a lot. I think a lot of municipalities used to do that, but now they have to bring in the professional companies because, first of all, it's gotten to be where like everything is now digital, so you don't have yeah. to actually sit there and, and light the fuse right. anymore and, and step back. Yeah, it's you know it was like uh, I think I want to say it was like seven thirty. We got to the, we got the parking spot right there at that boat launch there in Fairhaven. Mm-hmm. I think it's off of Middle Street, and um, you know we sat there and. I set the truck up in the back with the chairs and everything, and like I always do every year. And it's, I, I'm sitting there with my wife, and she's reading her book, and I'm saying, "Hey, look over to the left." She looked over to the left, and all you saw was just a wall of fog, just, just coming. I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be awful." Sure enough, I mean, it was like eight, eight, eight thirty, and it was just complete fog. You couldn't see nothing. I was like, "Oh, this is going to suck," but. Hey, whatever. Yeah, I mean, hey, um, you know, I, I mean, I guess for some people, you know, it's they'd rather have it to them. It's something is better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, you, you see a colored fog show. I mean, that was pretty cool. I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah, so, so you, you, you've got a story. You've got a memory. Yeah, right, right. Um, uh, cocaine in the White House. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I think to so. Still or? Well, definitely too early to tell. From So from what I was hearing yesterday, I was watching a little bit of it on TV, and um, they were saying that it was found in this cubby area where 
when people come in, if they're going into the West Wing, uh, I'm sorry, if they're going, yeah, if they're going, if people are coming in and going into the West Wing and they're visitors, they have to leave their cell phones and their other, you know, they, they take anything that they need to leave, they put them in these cubbies. And then also anybody that works in the White House, if they have to go into a skiff, they have to leave their phones and stuff in those same cubbies. So they've, they've got to go through and see, you know, when did it, when did it appear? When, when, when might it have been dropped off? Which group of people might this have been? You know, was it somebody who was coming in from the outside or was it somebody who was already in the inside going into the skiff or it's, I guess, right near the situation room. So this, you know, it's, 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 yeah. they got to determine when it was placed and then they can kind of track back and figure out who it might've been from. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, making speculation of it, right. You know, at this moment, but I mean, it's just kind of fishy, you know, and I, I, um, can't even walk through an airport nowadays without getting sniffed by a drug dog. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that the White House doesn't have any drug dogs on scene or on on, on site, uh, you know, sniffing these people that are coming in, these tourists that want to tour the White House and everything else. Well, no, because the reason why you, you deal with a drug-sniffing dog at an airport is because they want to make sure nobody's smuggling drugs. Smuggling drugs. But it's, it's, well, you're, you're talking what? about something that was somebody's personal cocaine that they had in their pocket walking into a building. Right. I mean, it just it doesn't doesn't seem right that they wouldn't have a, a some sort of canine unit there that's in, you know, just a a, a canine unit or something that's there. Why? Know, it, it, do you do you have a canine unit sniffing for drugs when you walk into a federal courthouse or when you walk into, you know, any other federal building? No. No, but you're getting everything scanned and everything else. And I know I know they I guess they said the secret service has to scan these people that before they even walk in there. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. If the scans pick up, you know, a powdery substance. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's definitely. Uh, I guess they have the the the, the, the security tapes, so they're going to have to go through all that and, and figure that out. Yeah, they'll dig hey, through it. And, uh, like I said, they just got to determine. You know, was it was it somebody internal? Was it somebody external? And then they can kind of figure it out from there. Now, oh, yeah. All right. So, all right. So, uh, God. Um, let's just. Let's just let's just say it was part of Biden's family, All right? What do you think is going to happen? I don't think anything's going to come of it. I don't think anything's going to happen to whoever they determine who it was. Really? What's the you crime? Don't the, you don't think that the person? I don't know having an illegal substance in the White House. You didn't catch it on their person, right? But if you catch it on camera. I mean, that person I, I, the bag into the I guess hole. I guess that might, you know, maybe it gets you a, a, a ban from the White House or something, but it's not going to get you a, any kind of, you know, criminal charge. Oh, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to just wait and see what happens. I mean, what what happens if you're walking down the street with cocaine in your pocket and you get stopped? Uh, I get arrested for being in control of a so. And, and, and then, uh, and then it, when you go to court, what's going to happen to you? Probably a misdemeanor. You're, yeah, you probably won't suffer any consequences for it at all because you don't have a criminal record. You're not somebody who is uh, trafficking cocaine. So, yeah, and, I mean, I mean I, we, we purposely don't prosecute low-level drug crimes anymore in this country because we were throwing people in jail for addiction problems. And I don't, I don't think this is going to turn into anything more. I mean, sure, certainly whoever does it, yeah, there should be repercussions to say, yeah, you can't come back into the White House. You screwed up. But in terms of any criminal charges, I don't think anything will come about it that way. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yep. All right, Tim. All right. Good. Have a good morning. You as well. Right, yeah. And uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Uh, you know, again, this is, and again, that's just the, the 
description that I had heard yesterday. Uh, from from what I understand, they found the substance on what day did they say Sunday, and they weren't sure exactly what it was. And this is this is not uncommon because you hear about it all the time, even in like local police cases where they'll say a powdery substance believed to be heroin, believed to be cocaine, believed to be, you know, fentanyl. They, they, don't, they don't make that determination without testing. And certainly when it's the White House, you're, you know, you've got to make sure it's not more dangerous substances. So in this case, they send it out to be tested. They, they suspected that it was cocaine, but they weren't sure. Uh, nobody was uh, nobody was about to try it to see, so they sent it out to be tested. When the test came back, the test came back positive that it was cocaine. So then they were able to announce that cocaine was found in the White House. So there's a little bit of a process, and that's not uncommon. And then from what I was hearing on TV yesterday, that uh, you know it was found in one of these cubbies. So what it probably was was somebody went there and had to empty out their pockets. Maybe they took their cell phone out. Maybe it was kept and. I I want to say that it was, they, they said that it was in a small baggie that was so small that they didn't think that they could take, you know, fingerprints off of it. So you're talking about a very small amount. It was probably in somebody's, you know, pocket. They pulled out their cell phone that was stuck to it. Maybe they had one of those cell phone wallets like you put your credit cards in, which is a horrible idea. People don't do that. I know it seems convenient. It seems... It seems like it's a, a good place to keep those cards because you're never going to leave anywhere without your phone. But you're probably going to leave your phone down somewhere at some point, And you don't want your credit cards and your ID and everything to be in there when you do it. So I've never been a fan of those things. My, I don't even carry a wallet anymore. I used to carry a wallet. And I even had, because I would always be nervous in a crowd, like, did I lose my wallet? Did somebody take my wallet? Did it fall out of my pocket? So I, I bought a chain. And I would chain my wallet to my belt, to my belt loop, so that I would always know that it's there. But what I found would happen more often than not is I would forget to take my wallet when I left the house. So now what I do is I have my cards and whatever I happen to carry cash and anything else that I need. You know, my medications and my little pill bucket. Everything is in my front pocket of my pants or my shorts. And then when I go home, at the end of the day, or as soon as I walk in the door, you know, I take those off, put on like my Nike gym shorts or whatever, and I leave those right where they are. The next day, grab my clean shorts or jeans out, put the stuff in my pocket, take the belt out of my shorts, put it in there so that I remember that I have to take the stuff out. The belt is in the shorts because I can't put my other ones on without the belt. So I need, you know, that's kind of how I remember. I have a bad memory. So it's how I have to do things. And, and it works out okay. And certainly if I had cocaine, I don't, I wouldn't, I've never done it. I would never do it. But if I had cocaine, I would, that'd be like one of the first things I was making sure was still in my pocket. Oh, yep. Okay. That's still there. All right. Good. I get worried, you know, that I forgot to bring my medication for the day. If not for the fact that my little pill holder rattles as I walk, that's how I know. Okay. They're definitely in there. But I'm constantly checking for everything. I get out of the car, making sure I got everything in my front pocket, keys over here, phone in my back pocket, constantly. 
So whoever left this there is either very cavalier about their cocaine, which I, I, I guess if you can afford it, you can afford to be cavalier about it. Or it was probably, you know, stuck to something else that they, that they took out. Or, and this was, this was something that somebody suggested yesterday. A caller suggested it. Is, is somebody trying to frame somebody? Did somebody else put it in there thinking like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's the cubby that uh, this guy used to put his stuff in. I'm going to drop that in there. And let, let's see what happens when they find that and then they blame him. You know, I'm not saying it's a big political conspiracy. It could just be somebody looking to get somebody fired. It could be somebody looking to, uh, you know, I don't know, get payback on somebody. But there's still steps that have to go through this investigation. And, and I'm sure we'll be told about it. I know people are saying, oh, we're never going to hear about this again. But I think now it's been, it's been made a big deal of. So I think there will, there will be some answers. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hi, good morning. I have a couple of thoughts for you. Sure. First of all, uh, recently speaking with someone that lived in Oregon, they, the state has decriminalized people having heroin, cocaine, LSD. And I find, wow, they've decriminalized people having that. Mm -hmm. So you wonder if whoever had left it at the White House if they were from Oregon, you don't know. Uh, but, of course, my first thought, and it's only natural regarding everything that's been going on, is I wonder if Hunter Biden, the president's son, had left it. Because you'll never hear if it was him. Well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think, I think that the folks who are doing the investigation, they know that the people want answers. And, sure. you know, I, I, unless, unless somebody else is going to fall on the sword and stand up there and say, yeah, or I'll take the blame instead. But you're going to have to get a, a name or maybe not the exact name, but you'll get the idea of who it was. You know, they might say it was a, you know, senior level staffer or it was a, a visitor from this organization or something. So I think you will get some sort of identification on it. Maybe it was Joe Biden. Maybe he needed it to keep himself going. I don't know about that. He he, he does not does not seem to be a characteristic of somebody who is on cocaine. True. All right. Second thought: with everything that you have to carry, like the men in England, they have a man bag. Mm -hmm. So if you have something that uh, you can use as a like a cross body bag, you can carry your pills, your keys, your money, everything that you have on you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I work out fine with pockets because I don't carry that much, uh, especially in the summertime when I, I still wear cargo shorts, even though people tell me they went out of style. But um, I think a lot of people have also gone back to those. Remember those uh, fanny packs, those, yes. those belt bags? People, yeah. people have gone back to those because they realize, although we made fun of them fashion-wise, they really do come in handy. Yeah, yeah. England has a, 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 a man bag, though. It's, it's bigger than a fanny pack. Yeah, I've seen I've seen people with them around. I've also seen um, some guys that will carry instead of having like a briefcase, they'll have like a messenger bag, like yeah, one of those. Exactly. Yeah, and and I think that were or a satchel, some kind of like satchel that works for a lot of people. I've I've never been. I've been more of a backpack person. I you know I like to have it on my back so that my hands are free. Sure, but anybody standing behind you can easily get in there. 
Yeah, I mean, I mm-hmm. I guess, but I I don't know. I I I'd like to think that I could feel if somebody was doing something, but I'm also pretty oblivious at times too. Yeah, it's interesting because I always wondered why is it as women we have to carry a bag, and yet the men don't. You know, it's it's like why do I have to carry a bag? And you know, if you, if you're married, you have a husband or you have a partner. It's why don't they have a bag? It's because the woman is probably carrying whatever they need in her bag. Yeah, and, and it's because we have to uh, we have we have to be ready to carry not only that but everything that you want to get at the store or everything else. Like I've always felt that uh, you know that I don't I, I try not to be like sexist about things, sure. but in a way I'm also like a little bit old fashioned about things too. Like I I don't like to see a man and a woman walking out of a store and the woman's carrying everything and the guy's empty handed. I don't like to go, pull up to a gas pump and see you know the woman out pumping the gas while the guy's sitting in the front seat. You know, like that, that kind of stuff still bothers me, even though I'm trying to be, you know, open-minded about it. So Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Chivalry is, has not died, that's for sure. I think, I think chivalry is different than, than sexism, for sure. Like, yeah. I, I, it doesn't matter who I'm with in the car. I always offer to get out and pump the gas. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. I mean, it's, it's nice when I walk into a store and there's a gentleman there opening up the door for me. It weirds people out when I, because I hold the door for everybody, and it weirds people out sometimes. Oh, that's like they'll too bad. see me standing there holding the door, like just waiting for them to come up. Especially over here, because uh, you know I get my mail over here at the the UPS store. I have a little box over there because it's right next to the station. Oh. So I will go over there a couple times a week and check the mail, and I see people walking up with packages, and I'll open up the door for them, and they're like, "No, no, no, go ahead. I'm I'm still a few minutes away from a few seconds away from getting up there. I'm like, I'd rather wait than see you struggle to open the door." Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's no nice of you. That's for sure. Well, I like to think all those little bits of karma will hopefully pay me back someday. But uh, even if they don't, eh, it makes me feel better for doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a lot of these kids they need to learn that because a lot of them they don't they certainly don't open the door for for a woman, an older woman, and uh, it's a shame. Manners have not been taught. Certainly, first by the parents, and then secondly, at school. But you would expect it first by the parents. Yeah, I mean, I remember in school they taught you to hold the door for everybody. You know, there would always be the first person in line had to hold the door and then every wait until everybody came through and then that person would get in the back of the line. Then the next door, the next person would do it. Like it was, you know, that was kind of drilled into us from a young age. But also, yeah. you know, we also didn't have all these automated doors that everybody has now, too. Sure, that's true. Well, have yourself a good day. You Enjoy as well. Sandwich. Thank you so much. <laughs> have a good Bye. one. Uh, you know what really freaks people out? Is, uh, and, and again, I don't consider this sexist. And if you do, I, I apologize. This is, this is more to me, like I said, chivalry or, you know, just manners are different than, than sexism to me. But if I'm in the car with a woman, I get out and I open the door for her. If you are a guy, you can open up your own door. But like, so I went with my friend who is a married woman. You know, she's, she, we're, we're, there's no romantic tension between us. She's a married woman. We are just friends, but we went to a movie together. We were invited to a, she was invited to a movie premiere because she's a, an influencer and I went with her and it kind of weirded her out that I, when she was getting out of her car to get into my car, cause we were going to leave her car somewhere and then drive into Boston together. Uh, I got out of my car and I went over and I opened the door to my car to get her in and she got a little bit weirded out by that she's like you know nobody's ever done that before and i'm like well i'd like you to think that it's because you know i'm just a nice person but also part of it is because 
you know, my door's screwed up and nobody knows how to open it correctly but me. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in a few moments. And let's go right into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Threads, Meta's competitor to Twitter, has already garnered millions of users in the hours since it launched on Wednesday. The text-based social networking app allows Instagram users to post short updates, links, pictures, and videos. The app is available in over 100 countries, but not the European Union over concerns around local data privacy regulations. International travelers who need a passport are being told to apply months in advance. Rory O'Neill reports. If you need a passport to travel over the holidays, you better get your application in now. The State Department says it is working its way through a surge of passport applications and now recommends applying six months in advance. Most passports are still processed in 10 to 13 weeks, but the extra time is recommended just in case. Remember, most other countries also require your passport be valid an additional six months after your arrival in that country. I'm Rory O'Neill. An Ohio man has been sentenced to life in prison for raping a child under the age of 10 who then traveled across state lines for an abortion. Gerson Fuentes, a Guatemalan national, pleaded guilty to two felony counts of rape on Wednesday. The case gained national attention last year after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Ohio's abortion ban has no exceptions for rape or incest. UPS and Teamsters are still not seeing eye-to-eye in a new contract negotiations, and a strike could be on the horizon as a result. Company officials and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters have so far this week been unable to come to an agreement after discussing details. The union that represents approximately 340,000 UPS workers nationwide claims UPS has refused to give Teamsters a best and final offer, while the company has called its proposal historic. There were at least 17 mass shootings across the country over the 4th of July weekend that left as many as 18 people dead and 102 injured. That's according to the data published by the Gun Violence Archive. The incidents were recorded between Friday night and into the early hours of Wednesday. A fishing vessel was involved in a crash in Narragansett waters this week, WJAR-TV reports. The crash happened earlier Tuesday morning at the west wall of the town harbor. The U.S. Coast Guard said the 25-foot boat took on water. Officials said there was one person aboard and they were not injured. The Coast Guard and the Rhode Island DEM are investigating the incident. Former President Donald Trump's campaign says it raised $35 million in 2023 second quarter. That's about double the amount Trump pulled during the first quarter of the year. The campaign's fundraising efforts have leaned heavily into Trump's recent indictments and have sent messages requesting supporters to, quote, make a contribution to peacefully defend the movement from the never-ending witch hunt, quote. A ticket stub from the from the night LeBron James made NBA scoring history could fetch thousands of dollars in auction. The $92 second row ticket to the Lakers game is already up for bid online. As of Wednesday morning, the highest bidder was willing to pay $2,000 for the ticket. In sports, the Red Sox win 4-2 against the Texas Rangers at Fenway Park yesterday. Both teams will attempt to break their tie tonight at Game 3. First pitch tonight at 7.10 p.m. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. 
Expect plenty of sunshine throughout the day. It's going to be humid. We'll reach a high of 85. Overnight tonight, it's going to be mostly cloudy and humid, low of 66. And tomorrow, sunny to part like cloudy skies, high of 81. And we'll keep that humidity with us. From the ABC 6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 71 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. In 508-996-0500. That's the Rentals, my friend Matt's band, and they are they put that album out in 2020, right, right at the start of the pandemic. They released that album, and I I listen to it every day. Uh, Matt ended up making music for my my internet show, and but I had the Q36 album playing every day. If you're not familiar with the Rentals, Matt Sharp was the bassist in Weezer when they first hit it big. You know, he's the guy in the Buddy Holly video. When he tells Al about the fish, not so good, Al. And then he had The Rentals, which had a song, Friends of P. And so when that, that album came out, it was at the start of 2020, the start, the start of the pandemic. And he's talking about all these conspiracies that people were already starting to believe. And, you know, lockdown only spread that even more. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I wanted to just make a couple of comments on the White House situation. Sure. I, I, I don't want folks to forget that, uh, you know, this, it's, although some people are trying to downplay it and there was just, you know, some maybe, you know, an addiction problem, but, you know, that probably could have been someone that was so high going into the White House, into the West Wing, that they didn't, they forgot they had it and they didn't, you know, and they just were negligent with it. I don't think it was, you know, cavalier. It could have been, but, and then, I, there's a couple other things. One is uh, this could have been a dry run for someone who is who is an addict who is compromised somehow, and they're trying to figure out how and what you can get into the White House without being detected, like fentanyl or something like anthrax that could uh, cause you know much more carnage and and death. And also, you know, I know there was a comment 
about it's a government building and you don't have to do this or that to get into a federal courthouse or so on and so forth. But I happen to know for a fact that there's ion scanners in the White House and folks are subject to search for residue and all kinds of different high-tech things that will detect things like cocaine and drugs uh, so that it doesn't make its way into the West Wing or other parts of the White House where it can have a significant effect on our government. Well, so then you, don't, you wouldn't need the drug-sniffing dogs that, that John was suggesting. Well, drug-sniffing dogs in today's day and age are a lot different. So drug-sniffing dogs are, can be... You know, the non-aggressive type, the Labrador retrievers, the non-intrusive, where they just patrol up and down lines or, or checkpoints where people are trying to be processed in. Of course, uh, drug-sniffing drug dogs are still a deterrent. You use them as a deterrent, and they also can be, can be effective with drugs before you get to the ion scanners. It's a, it's a multi-layered system, so it's not just one or the other. Uh, but drugs in the White House, uh, cocaine, you know, uh, social-type drugs, I guess I'll call it like that, it's just hard to believe, regardless of who the administration is, uh, what kind of background folks who are associated with the administration have. We are making decisions in that situation room or in that West Wing that, you know, could potentially... Now, we could be discussing the launching of a nuclear attack or defense or some type of, you know, secret. Uh, and we have someone who is, you know, uh, maybe an addict, but certainly compromised. Certainly compromised. Well, uh, I mean, I'll, it, I'll say this. It's dangerous. I'll say this. I, I doubt this is the first time that there's been cocaine in the White House. Oh, that was my last point I wanted to make. We'll never know. We'll never know the truth. Everybody else was just smart enough not to leave it behind in the cubby. Maybe. Well, not smart enough. Like I said, they could be compromised. They could be an addict. They could have been so high that they didn't pay attention to the details. But don't you think? But don't you think somebody that was in that state that the Secret Service or or any of the staff around would have realized that that person was in that state? If if if. I agree that I believe that confidence in the Secret Service is also in question in this particular incident. Well, I don't know if, we want, if you can call into question their confidence based on somebody having one small baggie of cocaine. No, no, no. no that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is um, they're confident, the point that you just made, that they were so high that they wouldn't have been able to pick it up. No, I mean, but you're also assuming somebody was there and they were high. That's right. I'm not assuming. I'm saying these are all situations that you can't overlook. Well, They've got to get to the bottom of it. They've got to get to the fact. It's a serious, it's a serious incident. Um, regardless of who's in the White House and who you're for, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. Sure. Uh, like I said, you know, drugs in the White House where decisions are being made and top secret uh, stuff is being discussed and information like that, someone could have been compromised. Uh, and they could be saying, we need for you to smuggle this in. And this is a dry run. This could be a dry, this could have been a dry run for fentanyl. Could have been a dry run for anthrax. How do we get it in? What can we get in? How will it, will it be detected? All those types of things. Well, I think it'll certainly kick off for sure a, a much more stringent uh, search process. With, yeah, well, I think what they'll have to do is review the process that they have. I think it's extremely stringent now. 
However, are they following the protocols and the procedures, or did someone get, you know, complacent in some way? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And I and what's unfortunate is is the owners of that building, the White House, us, the taxpayer, probably will never know the real deal. All right. Well, thank you for the call. All right. Have a good day. Uh, the I can tell you at least you know my experience not with drug sniffing dogs. I I think the only time I ever encountered those was one time. When I was in, and I didn't even encounter the dogs, but one time when I was in high school, uh, they brought them in and did a, a, you know, a sniff of all the lockers, which, whatever, I, I didn't have anything in my locker, but just a bunch of schoolwork papers and books, so didn't bother me any that they were bringing them in, but some people were kind of uh, up in arms about it. The only other experience I've had with, you know, detection dogs was when I would go to Gillette Stadium and cover games. Toward, I forget exactly, it wasn't the whole time. So I covered Patriots games at Gillette. I covered from the very first game, the very first preseason game in 2002, the year that it opened. Uh, and I was there for 95% of the home games over the course of 20 years. And I would say that maybe the last eight to 10 years or so, they would have, I guess, bomb sniffing dogs. So when I would go to, you have to enter in through the media area. And when I would go in to enter in, they would have you, you had to do your sign in where, you know, there was a team, you had, first of all, you had to enter your pockets. You had to give them your backpack. They would go through your backpack there, or they just wanted to, you know, just kind of poke the little stick through and just make sure. And then, You'd empty out your pockets and walk through the metal detector. You'd go over to the team personnel. They'd give you your pass. And then you would go through the next set of doors. And then you were kind of in the bowels of the stadium. And you had a little area that you had to go and put your backpack down or whatever other bag you might have had. And you had to go put that down. And then you had to walk away because then they'd bring the dogs over for the dogs to sniff through your backpack or your bag, your purse, whatever it might be. And so the dogs would sniff them, and then once the dogs, you know, cleared your bag, once they walked away, then the officer would point and say, okay, you can, you can pick it up and go on. But, I, you know, that happened every single game, every single home game for years. And, you know, I don't know what triggered them to start doing that. I, I don't remember there being a specific event. I know that uh, President, uh, President H. W., George H.W. Bush was at a game one time, and that was the the most stringent security that I ever saw. But then I, I want to say that this was probably, you know, not even right after that either. It was, it was a little while after that when the, the Patriots played the Texans. So, you know, it made me feel better to know that they were going through that process for the media, but I was also thinking, like, they don't go through that process for everybody else. I know, I know that other people can't bring in backpacks. You know, we were, we were allowed to bring in backpacks because we were coming through the media entrance. But I, don't, I was just like, are they, do they have the dogs sniffing people as they walk by at the other entrances? And, and, and they didn't. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Hello? Hi, you're on the air. Yes, I would like to know if there were going to be um, shuttles going to the Willys to be festival. If there's going to be what? I'm sorry? Shuttles. You know, like, before they used to have them at the high school, you get the shuttle and take you to the top. 
Oh, I'm not sure if there will be. Um, we can certainly find out, though. Could you please, uh, if somebody can just call in and tell us? Yeah, if anybody's listening that knows for sure. Um, but um, I did, I'm not sure. Did they have them last year? I don't know because I wasn't here last year, so I didn't go. But um, I know they in the past they've had it, but it's a big help, you know, because it's hard to find parking. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to uh, find out. I'm, I'm looking at their their social media right now. I don't see anything on there, but uh, we'll we'll uh, see what we can find out. Or if somebody's yeah, listening maybe, and knows, they can call uh, in. Maybe the mayor would let us know or something. Yeah, I'm, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be back on with us until after. So, yeah, we'll yeah. we can reach out to the organizers though. We'll we'll get an answer for you. Thank you very much. No problem. You have a good day. You too. Bye bye. And uh, yeah, maybe Mike's listening or somebody that's listening that might know you can call in, but we'll we'll see what we can find out on that. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. Be back in a few moments. Um. song love stepping out and if you are interested in stepping out stepping outdoors that is well right now alianza in new bedford has a great deal going on because it's summer because it's now outdoor dining weather and outdoor dining is back at alianza right now to celebrate that they are offering half price apps when you dine outdoors so, you know, today's going to be a nice day. There, there's there's going to be better weather. Forget the, the weather we've had the last few days. There's going to be better, better weather throughout the summer. And at Alianza, if you dine outdoors, you can get half-priced apps. And also, don't forget their weekday quick bite lunch special. It happens from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can get any sandwich, except steak, with fries for just 6 bucks. And then you can go there and get it. It's all packaged up. You can take it with you. You can take it back to the office. You can take it down to the beach. Wherever it is that you're going to enjoy that lunch, you can get a sandwich and fries for just 6 bucks. You can't even go through a drive through anymore and get a sandwich and fries for 6 bucks. And that's not going to be nearly as good as the great food that you will get at Alianza. So come and see them down at Alianza Restaurant, Cove Street in New Bedford, or find them online at AlianzaRestaurant.com. All right, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and uh, chime in, you can do that. Uh, we are getting some um, app chat messages that weren't refreshing, so let me see if I can get into some of those and read those to you. Uh, let's see. It, it, I was talking before about, you know, chivalry versus sexism and some of the things that bother us. Working Fool in Fairhaven says, I'm a truck driver and I see it all the time more now. What I see all the time more now is women driving and their boyfriend or spouses in the passenger seat. I grew up in a family where the men drive and the women don't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm old school. I'm 34 years old. Well, I'm, I'm older than you are, uh, Working Fool. But I can tell you that, you know, when we got in a car... For the most part, when I was a kid, my dad always drove. My mom would drive if, you know, obviously if she was the only adult in the car. But even if we got into her car, he would drive. I can't, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there were times that my mom drove and my dad didn't. But I just can't think of those times. I remember him driving more often than not. Now, my mom didn't drive when I was young. She got her license, you know, 
I was probably like six or seven when she got her license. So, you know, she started late. So that might have been why I have a lot more memories of my dad driving. But um, I can tell you that in my household, as my son was growing up, if we were going somewhere, if we took my car, I drove. If we took my wife's car, my wife drove. She did not want me to drive her car because I would move the seat and have to address because she's much taller than I am. So she didn't like the fact that I would have to make all those adjustments and I could never get it back just right. So she would just say, I'll just drive. But if we were taking my car, I would always drive because she never wanted to drive my car. Even like when I had a truck and I was like, drive my truck, it's fun. Or when I had my Trans Am, drive my Trans Am. It's really fun to drive a Trans Am. No, no, no. She always had me drive. So, I mean, I guess that's part of it. Like whose car are you in? So I don't really get that weirded out if I see the the woman driving and the, the man in the passenger seat. I just assume it's her car. Just knowing from my own experience. 508-996-0500. Let's take our final break of the hour and be back in a few moments. And welcome back. And we have about uh, 90 seconds before we're going to go into the newsroom. We are going to get all of the national and international headlines from ABC News. If they have any update on that White House cocaine situation, we will hear it then. Uh, and then after that, Adam Bass will have all your local South Coast news. And, of course, on the other side of that, we're going to be talking with Dr. Lori Jorgensen about pediatrics. She is a pediatrician with South Coast Health. So we're going to learn more about pediatrics because, as we always say here each month, your health matters. So we want to talk about that. And uh, also later on in the program, we will be joined by Ian Abreu. City Councilor Ian Abreu, who will be here in his capacity as the head of the Silmo Syrup Company. He's going to be talking with us about the new flavor that they have that will be debuting this weekend at the Whaling City Festival. So if you are looking to, you know, if you've already had the coffee-flavored Silmo Syrup and you're looking to expand your palate and expand your flavor profile of syrups... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.